What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Thursday, April 1st. I'm Akila Hughes. And I'm Prachi Gupta, in for Gideon Resnick. And this is What a Day, where we're all curious to see how corporations navigate the second annual pandemic April Fools. Yeah, again, the advice here is that less is definitely more. Right. I mean, just save your pranks until after we're all vaccinated. All right, no funny business. Literally, no entertainment industry until we're done. Hey, so today we've got a new guest host joining us, Prachi Gupta. She is a political writer and reporter, formerly at Jezebel and Cosmopolitan. She's also written a book about AOC called Fighter, Phenom, Changemaker, and one more little badge of honor. According to Donald Trump, she's a, quote, non-intelligent reporter. So you know that means that she's a very intelligent reporter. Prachi, super excited to have you with me today. Thank you, Akila. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. All right, so let's get to it on today's show. Next trip, fly Delta, the airline run by professionals. Delta is ready when you are. Well, Delta, we were ready for you to fight against Georgia's new restrictive voting law before it passed, but like one of your flights, you're too late. That's coming up, but first the latest. And we're going to start with immigration. This week, the media toured a detention facility housing migrants in Donna, Texas. The Biden administration set up the facility in February, which now serves as the biggest emergency processing center at the border. When journalists toured the facilities, they reported that more than 4,000 people, including children, were cramped in a space designed for only 250 people. Here is CBS reporter Mireya Bereal reporting on the conditions. Inside this processing facility run by Border Patrol, plastic pods have become an overcrowded purgatory for migrants waiting to seek asylum. Yeah, I mean, these conditions are awful and clearly not suitable for kids. I mean, didn't Biden say that he was going to be reversing Trump's policies? You know, why is it still this bad? Yeah, I think that's a really important question. Um, Mm -hmm. Just just let's back up for a second, because on his first day in office, President Biden did sign a series of executive orders to reverse most of the atrocious ones that Trump had signed. But Biden is also inheriting a very and I cannot emphasize this enough very broken immigration system, one that was Mm -hmm. further eroded under the Trump administration. Yeah. So in other words, conditions remain bleak because of problems that preceded this presidency, right? Exactly. And I also want to call attention to a recent piece by The Atlantic's Caitlin Dickerson. You guys had her on the show recently. She asked Mm -hmm. a Customs and Border Patrol official why the U.S. hasn't built better, more appropriate facilities for migrants and asylum seekers. The official's response was equal parts revealing and depressing, that if we had more humane facilities, it would send a message, quote, that would encourage even more people to migrate to the United States. Mm. That is a really, really dumb justification for treating people poorly. Right. Like my personal opinion. uh, Also, that logic is just not working. It's right. (laughs) 
So it's a very bad reason to deny people basic human rights. Um, but hey, what do I know? I am just a non-intelligent reporter shouting on a podcast. Hey, you know, we're all just non-intelligent reporters putting our opinions out here. According to Donald Trump, I think that we are uh, also just a little bit more uh, empathetic than a lot of these people. But Republicans did tour detention facilities themselves last week. They used it as a photo op to call it a crisis and to criticize the Biden administration for moving too slow. Except that these were the same detention centers that existed under President Trump. And those same Republicans didn't have much to say about them back then. So where does that leave us with immigrants, refugees and asylum seekers? That's a good question. While the Biden administration <laughs> has made a lot of promises, so far the sentiment is that not much has in actuality really changed. I think there's a yeah. lot of fear. There's a lot of uncertainty. It is, mm -hmm. of course, like still really early in the presidency, but the border crisis is not abating. And activists are right to continue to pressure the administration for more substantive change that they're worried will never materialize. Yeah, uh definitely think that the time to fix it is now. So there will be more on that in days to come. But let's turn now to something that has materialized spines. Uh, for more than a week now, we've been noting that big companies like Coca-Cola and Delta, both headquartered in Georgia, have been silent on the state's new restrictive voting law. That's the law that Republican lawmakers claim was solving a problem that didn't exist, voter fraud, but were taking aim at a problem they were really worried about, Black people having equal access to vote and exercising their right to do so. Well, yesterday, finally, the CEOs of both companies made statements in opposition to the inherently racist law. But Akilah, isn't the law already in effect? So yeah. this is essentially too little, too late. Yeah, yes and no. Uh, so on the federal level, a reversal is possible through the For the People Act or H.R. 1. Plus, as a comp, you may remember back in 2019, there was an enormous boycott of Georgia-based productions after Governor Kemp pushed through major anti-abortion legislation. House Democrats are currently working to reverse that decision, but it also likely contributed to the state flipping blue for the first time in 25 years. So, hey, you know, they can just keep losing if they want to. All right, well, let's go back to those CEOs for a second mm -hmm. and... I want to hear them speak for themselves. Here's Coca-Cola's CEO and chairman, James Quincy, testing out his brand new spine on CNBC. This legislation is unacceptable. Uh, it is a step backwards uh, and it does not uh, promote uh, principles we have stood for in Georgia uh, around broad access to voting, around voter convenience, uh, about ensuring it, uh, election uh, integrity. And this is this is frankly just a step backwards. Hmm. Wow. Finally. You know, was it really that hard, you know, to just acknowledge that the legislation is unacceptable? I don't know why it took so long. It's like it didn't have to be a step backwards. It didn't have to be a step at all. Like, right. Here's Quincy <laughs> on CNBC saying why the company didn't speak up sooner. We have always opposed this legislation uh, that we have a long track. Yeah, OK, that's uh, enough. I think we've heard enough. You know, we don't really need to hear another word because he never actually answers the question. He just tries to play diplomatic when there are actual stakes for real human beings. But my biggest question to these CEOs is what are you actually going to do about it besides talk? Right. Like, I'm sorry, James Quincy, but it doesn't count if you just write it in your diary. <laughs> right. <laughs> Say it with the chest. It does seem like these CEOs are only speaking up now because of boycott threats. Yeah, absolutely. So hashtags have popped up in the past couple of weeks calling for consumers to stop supporting companies that don't support them, which is honestly dope. But it really seems like these big brands had to be threatened with revenue loss to get some skin in the game. And again, we still haven't seen plans from any of them to hit back at the state in any quantifiable financial way. And 
it's I think it's really important to note that this isn't just in Georgia. There are waves of other bills in other states to restrict voting rights, not to mention the fight by Republicans to strike down H.R. 1. So what's being done to make sure that these companies step up in those battles before it's too late? So beyond just trending Twitter hashtags, some of the most powerful black business executives are calling on these companies to advocate for the federal bill since they failed in their own state. There's this letter signed by 72 black executives, which, again, is a really big deal when you consider how few black people have reached executive status at these Fortune 500 companies. But in that letter, they demanded that all of corporate America stand up with their wallets, with their lobbying arms, with all of the power that they've accrued to sway the lawmakers who need swaying. So power, influence, money and and Melanin came together to buy a full-page ad in the physical New York Times paper yesterday, demanding solidarity and codifying the rights of black citizens. U-N-I-T-Y, you know, that's a that's a little song that I think they were probably singing as they submitted it. Uh, but we do love to see it here, and we would also love to see HR1 passed. But that's the latest for now. It's Thursday, Wad Squad, and for today's Temp Check, we're talking about all-knowing dating apps. Apps operated by Match Group, including OkCupid, Hinge, and Tinder, will soon let users request background checks. The checks will arrive first on Tinder, and users of the app will be able to request them if they have a Match's last name and phone number, which they'll have to get through chatting. The service won't be free, but Match says that they want to make it affordable for most users. Why? Uh, Importantly, Tinder background checks won't provide any information on drug possession or traffic violations, which disproportionately affect marginalized groups. So, Prachi, dating apps are a defining part of our lives as millennials. What is your take on adding background checks? Okay, so as a woman on the internet uh, and who has been on <laughs> yep. these dating apps, I have a lot of opinions on this. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and I, I feel like, you know, one part of me is like, I really appreciate the, the intention behind it. Like, at mm-hmm. least they are now thinking of people and their safety, safety. which was like not a <laughs> right. thing that seemed to matter before. But I feel like this is just not... A super helpful way of going about it like when i'm on tinder or when i'm on okcupid like my first worry isn't like is this person gonna like break into my house and like (laughs) do something like it's it's like okay i don't want to get a racist message and like 10 dick pics from this person yeah exactly (laughs) i feel like that's like the biggest threat with with a lot of like immediate threat at least with the platforms like i don't know how often do you use background checks in your real life when you meet people so Yeah, that's a really great point. Like, I don't think that I'm doing that. I'm not typically like, oh, this person wants to go on a date with me. Let me like pay for a background check so I can like verify with their employers and their like house. Like, it does seem like a lot to request of somebody. Yeah. And then also just the awkwardness of like, say, okay, say you match with somebody, you hit it off, you get a background check and then you meet up with them like, at what point in the conversation do you bring this up that like you already know their entire like history? Like, right. is, are we just going to incorporate yeah. this into that? Like, remember in the New York Times, like a couple years ago, those 36 questions to fall in love. Like, is this going to yeah. be the 37th question? Like, are you <laughs> back, background report with them? Yeah, that's a really good point. That is like, yeah. How do you reveal it? How do you reveal it? How do you tell people that you have looked at their background check? I... I mean, I'm not paying for anything on that date if somebody tells me that's the case. (laughs) 
Like, well, you got money. You got background check money. You got you got jalapeno poppers money. <laughs> That's what I'm eating on my first date, I guess. So same question for you, Akila. How do you feel about this? Um, I think that it's a really, you know, it's a very controversial idea for the same reasons you laid out. I think that like, yeah, it would be great to be safe, but there have got to be better ways to figure out people's safety when using your app. Like, I think it would probably be better if you had to have like real people who are verified as real human beings, like stump for you and like (laughs) give a real recommendation. Like if I can point to like people you don't live with and not your mother who can say like, here is a person that I can actually vouch for. They got skin in the game. They'd have to really like be like, okay, I think yeah. this guy's not a piece of shit. Um, I think that that would be better uh, because, you know, again, I think that the reasons that crimes happen don't really tend to have anything to do with like the relationship we're trying to have. Like I can figure those things out maybe in a romantic setting where I'm like, okay, tell me about your past. And like, I used to shoplift so hard that I can't go to any Walmarts anymore. Fair fine (laughs) but like if it's just going to be something where you know this person has this this history uh and we still don't know if they're like a good person or not it seems like a waste of money for both the app and for individuals trying to use it like i just don't see absolutely i don't see the real purpose i i also just like do not trust companies with having this much information i mean i know that they know everything about us already but having it so transparent (laughs) sharing it it with everyone else yeah it's uh yeah no thank you I'm ready to delete all of those profiles. And just like that, we've checked our temps. Stay safe. Be careful in these internet app streets. And we'll be back after some ads. What a Day is brought to you by Monarch Money. Are you saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation? Monarch makes it easy to help you reach your financial goals. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, your investments, transactions, and more all in one place. You can create custom budgets, track your progress towards financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. really just makes it easy. After trying out Monarch for yourself, you'll understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash wad. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash wad for your extended 30-day free trial. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love Fast Growing Trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WAD. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. The trial of Derek Chauvin enters its fourth day today, and several themes are already emerging from witness testimony. One is the terrible trauma, guilt, and helplessness suffered by the bystanders that day. Here's a clip from the 19-year-old cashier at the corner store who was told to call the police on Floyd by his manager over an alleged counterfeit $20 bill. Um, if I would have just not taking the bill. This could have been avoided. So it is terrible that a teenager is blaming himself for this. I mean, yeah. it's it's completely a symptom of how broken our justice system is that this teen and the collective response from the witnesses is remorse that should belong to the police mm-hmm. and to Chauvin. Totally. So at least four of the witnesses this week who are also bystanders to Floyd's death were not shown on camera during their testimony because they are minors. As PBS journalist Yamish Alcindor tweeted, let that sink in. Too young to be on camera testifying, but not too young to have witnessed a murder at the hands of the police. America. Trans people will be able to serve openly in the military as their self-identified gender again. Yesterday, on the Trans Day of Visibility, the Defense Department unveiled new policies to reverse the ban put in place by the Trump administration. The new guidelines will also allow troops to receive transition-related medical care. Trump announced his ban in 2017 and tried to justify it by saying that health care for trans troops would be too expensive. But experts estimate that it would cost about one-tenth of one percent of the military's health care budget. For context, the military spends about five times that amount on Viagra alone. Honestly, let's get all those numbers up. Would love to see a military that spends 90% of its budget on gender-affirming medical care and also boner pills and just 10% on wars. The DOD announcement is effectively a return to the policy under the Obama administration and comes after years of pushback by LGBTQ civil rights groups. France will impose its third national lockdown per an announcement yesterday by President Emmanuel Macron. The move comes as infections there surge and intensive care units are at 100% capacity. Macron kept France mostly open through the winter with the hope that the country's vaccination program would keep things under control. His plan seems to be working until mid-March when more contagious COVID variants were circulating and concerns about the AstraZeneca vaccine slowed the process down. As of now, only 12% of people in France have gotten their first shot. But in more upbeat COVID news... A new clinical trial found that the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine is extremely effective in kids aged 12 to 15. Adolescents who got vaccinated produced significantly more antibodies on average than older participants in an earlier trial. Did you know that you can smoke weed out of a big apple? 
Well, you can, because recreational marijuana was finally legalized yesterday in New York. The state's law is notable for its focus on racial equity. 40% of tax revenue from sales will go towards communities where black and Latino people have been arrested on marijuana charges in disproportionate numbers. Some weed-related convictions will also be automatically expunged. Effective immediately, New Yorkers can carry up to three ounces of cannabis and, barring additional local regulations, can smoke in public wherever they can smoke tobacco. That's why next time you see me, I'll be searching Brooklyn Street Corners for an outlet to plug in the massive volcano vape I bought in 2011. It's finally time. (laughs) Weed legalization has long been a priority for Democratic lawmakers and grassroots organizations in New York, but Governor Andrew Cuomo has hindered progress. He's lost some leverage recently in the face of dual career-threatening scandals, which may have led him to make concessions and sign the bill. I had no idea how happy seeing Andrew Cuomo being so stressed out could make me. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, if we have, you know, a rotation for the joint, I'm not passing it to him. And those are the headlines. One last thing before we go, a quick correction. On our show yesterday, we talked about what happens when states pass bills that hurt trans people. We meant to say that it was North Carolina that lost billions in 2016 due to an anti-trans law, not Georgia. Georgia was considering a different bill that same year that would have hurt LGBTQ people too, but the governor vetoed it first once dozens of big-name companies said they might not do business with the state if it went into law. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, blaze at New York, and tell your friends to listen. (laughs) And if you're into reading and not just directions on how to repair a volcano vape from 2011 like me, What A Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Akila Hughes. I'm Prachi Gupta. And And don't don't prank prank us yet. yet. Don't do it. We don't want those pranks. Just chill, okay? Next year. 2022, April Fool's Day will be lit. Never is even better. Never never is a better timeline for us. What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Charlotte Landis. Sonia Tan is our assistant producer. Our head writer is John Milstein and our executive producers are Katie Long, Akila Hughes, and me. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 